0: unwritten rules in baseball. There are more of them than you'd think. We're gonna talk about them. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Started this podcast with the idea that we were gonna talk about sign stealing, and that didn't become enough of a a thing for an episode, so kind of pivoted over to the unwritten rules, which includes sign stealing.
1: Right. right. Not, not that not so much sign stealing. Is it unwritten rule, but rather sign stealing is sort of against the unwritten rules, depending on the situation, which is sort of the problem with the unwritten rules.
0: And and so, you know, when I started doing some research on the on the sign stealing thing. And I came up with a uh, a post written by our friend Jeff Kalman, who writes the great Throneberry Fields uh Blog and Jeff was talking about uh, a Paul Dixon book, uh, and I love Paul Dixon because he wrote the Bill Vec biography I just finished. And he wrote about you know, all kinds of uh, you know the signs and stealing signs and the Astrogate and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he, he put Jeff did in his post was that Major League Baseball today um, is sends an eight second delay. They didn't used to have that, obviously, so it made stealing signs a little easier when you right, didn't when have when a you delay. Just pick up the actual in time broadcast, and now there's you've got that delay. You you can't relay the signal in time anymore. And they've got people in the clubhouse that are making sure that people aren't trying to use what's on that to signal back up to the field. Or or you can't
1: use any of your own internal cameras and networks to broadcast something and get, you know, your own signal to do
0: that. Or trash cans either. But let's not talk about
1: that. Well, I mean, (laughs) not being able to see the signs helps with the, the trash cans. But I mean, I think unwritten rules are fine up to a point. And I think part of the problem is, is the unwritten rules that mostly have to do with the decorum of the game, I'm okay with. Because a lot of those, I feel like, come from lower levels of baseball, and it's about respecting your opponent. Don't show your opponent up. So that's where things like, you know, you don't swing on a 3-0 pitch when you're up by a certain amount come from. Which is
0: kind of, that's almost going by the wayside because there are some teams that can come back from 8, 10 runs down. And also, it's
1: very different when you're looking at younger players and amateur players with that rule, where everybody's playing for the fun of the sport and because we're trying to get better. And then when you have professionals who have actual monetary incentives can, you know, Attached to their performance, I would be annoyed if I came up with guys on base and I wasn't allowed
0: to swing the bat on a good 3 0 pitch because, oh, I'm not supposed to. Uh, that Tony La Russa got into trouble with that with Juan Moncada a few years ago, right? When he was managing the White Sox and Moncada hit a 3 uh, 0 pitch in a, in a route and for a Grand Slam home run, and that didn't make Tony very happy. And then Tony wasn't very happy because they they, they they didn't like they, that he picked, wasn't very happy. They picked yeah. Juan Moncada over him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I think the, un, you know, the, the Sox Stealing stuff when it went back to you know, this has been going on for years. Um, doing things from the scoreboard, I think, was where you kind of begin to cross the line. I,
1: I think when you have people that are outside the game. Relaying information back into the game—that's
0: when it's a problem. Sometimes though it was a player on the team who was in the scoreboard, flashing signs to his right, teammates. But, but that's
1: not—it's. I don't have a problem with if the guy—if you have a series of complicated signs that the second guy on second base can relay to the hitter to let him know what pitch is coming, and he picked it up and figured it out—that's fine. That's on the field. That's between the players. And it's up to the catcher that's to disguise those n- right, signs. And that's no different than pulling a good hidden ball trick. On a runner, you know, but when you've got a guy out in your bullpen with a pair of binoculars peering in, now I'm starting to have a problem with that or hiding in the scoreboard with the pair of binoculars. So one
0: of the most famous plays in baseball history is the Bobby Thompson called shot home run, not called shot uh, home run, uh, against the Dodgers in the 1951 playoffs. Uh, and for years people have been saying that Thompson was signaled and the Dodd, the Giants who made a big comeback that year have been doing this all season long from the scoreboard and that Bobby Thompson who denied it that I, that he ever knew what was going on, um, that he was going to get a Fastball from Ralph Branca and hit the most famous home that run. That
1: sounds like a lot of cope from uh a- Yeah,
0: yeah. And there are some players who don't want to know, that's for sure. Like, right, like, right. Even they if talk- they could know, they don't want to They're know. They're like,
1: I don't need it. It messes me up to know what it is. I'm just trying to react on instinct.
0: And and so the catchers have to respond. And Yogi Berra was apparently really good at this in terms of disguising their signals so that the runner on second base in particular, you know, can't steal the sign, which is legit, right? If you can pick up a catcher's signs right, right, but, and, and get it to your I- I feel
1: like the Astro scandal has so warped what people look at cheating in baseball as because I feel like sign stealing is such a low percentage of what people are actually doing when it comes to breaking, you know, both written and unwritten rules in baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think that you know I didn't just didn't realize how long it had been going on having this kind of you know scoreboard. Er- oh, yeah, went through the '60s into the '70s and teens were doing this stuff with varying levels of success. And just because you steal the sign doesn't mean the guy's going to hit the ball because no, he no, knows no. what's coming. So uh, I, I think it, it gets a little, bit, like you said, a little overwrought. Um, According to the unwritten rules of baseball, stealing the signs that are given by the third base coach um, or the or the uh, catcher by a base runner uh, on second base is acceptable. Okay, so right, which is what we've been saying that if it's a guy in the game, there isn't an issue with it. But but pitchers will retaliate if they think you're stealing but, the sign. And this is
1: kind of also where it goes back to. This is why the unwritten rules are stupid because right. now there's like there's stipulations and clauses to these unwritten rules. So it's like oh not only do you, are you you're allowed to steal the signs but that also means the guy can throw at you. <laughs> right
0: which we 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 on this podcast we were we're against so I'm not going to suddenly be supportive of it because well okay he earned it. But um they the, the National League uh, banned the use of mechanical devices in 1961. So they were aware that people were doing this stuff. and people have always been.
1: 1961. Right, well, people have always been trying to cheat, and that's what a lot of these unwritten rules were about. We're sort of trying to come up with the gentleman's code for cheating in baseball.
0: What was allowed. Do it the right way. Right. Cheat the right way. Cheat
1: the right way. (laughs) That's what this is about.
0: Um, and, and you see what happens now, which is very different, I think, in baseball. Is when you go to the mound, you have a mound conversation because there's cameras all over the mound, and the pitcher's talking to the catcher or the coach looks like, always has the glove in front of his face. Right, because
1: that's you know, somewhere where if goes, you're talking about the strategy of how you're going to approach it at bat... An eight-second delay isn't going to help you. You can relay that information. But lip-reading so. is immediate. But leave well. what I'm saying is you might have an eight-second delay on those cameras, but you could figure out what they're saying and relay it in time. It's not like a pitch sign.
0: And just to an the side, so I thought, so what other sports is, is sign-stealing part of the uh, equation? I, I, I think
1: sign-stealing – I think you, you see play-stealing in football, but that's more through direct theft of playbooks and videotaping things that you shouldn't be – like practices and stuff – I don't think there's as much like basket. You've never really heard of I mean, the Knicks accused the Raptors of stealing their plays this offseason. But not sign stealing in the flow of a game. Right, right. It doesn't happen in the flow of a game in other sports, but that's because there really aren't signs that you're
0: communicating. Well, there, other no, there, but there are. Actually, in football, I think that it does happen. You've seen some of the weird things where they have like the graphic the t- to call a play, which is some bizarre graphic well, that only you, the, you players get that, on the but team you only know. get that
1: in college. In the pros, you don't get that because the quarterback's headset, wearing right. a
0: headset and he's just getting it
1: Typed in, so he doesn't need any kind of complicated sideline shenaniganery. Right? I
0: guess you could, um, and I, let's talk about the word chicanery in a because chicanery is a good word about cheating, right? Chicanery is a nice way of saying, oh, yeah. you're not doing the right thing here, but we're gonna call it chicanery, so it's okay. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so the, the head coaches in football though, they, you, you, if you watch them carefully sometimes, you might be able to pick up what the play is, but how are you gonna get that and relay it down to a defense or an right. offense in trying to have it And that's where a lot of times that people
1: draw the line with cheating is when it's like, it's not so much that they've used some outside mean to get the sign, but then you've used yet another outside mean to relay that information. You know, baseball isn't like football. You can't tap a guy on the sideline to go run in and feed the info into the team on a substitution. You're going to have to pipe it in some way. And usually that's, you know, some kind of very you know, banging on trash cans kind of way.
0: (laughs) So um, the MLB writer, Anthony Anthony, uh, Castro, Castro Vince um, wrote a great article in 2020 on the unwritten rules. And so uh, we're going to thank him because he kind of listed out a bunch of them that we'll talk about, which I think are really interesting. And when he didn't include Mm -hmm. one of them, when he didn't include, he didn't call. don't call your shot. Right. You can't be Babe Ruth in the nineteen thirty two World well, Series and port the center field right, but, and go, I'm gonna hit a home supposedly.
1: run. Supposedly. <laughs> but I think that's also because just it's a monumentally stupid thing for
0: a hitter to do. Right? Yeah, if he didn't not, hit that home run, the next one was in his ear. Right. <laughs> well,
1: even if he didn't, I mean you're most likely not going to. So it just makes you look bad, which is why I think it's less an unwritten rule and more just something no one's ever gonna do with any kind of
0: sense. So you talked about already swinging at the 30 pitch, right? In a, yes. in, a, in, a, in a route also, right? So and and actually there's there's not a rule that says you can't hit a, in a, against a th- any of 30 pitch. That's okay. You no, know,
1: it's about being you don't steal or swing at 30 pitches or run up the score when ahead by a large margin.
0: And it used to be don't run up the score at the away team's ballpark. Okay, so let's say you're playing, you know, right, right. And, and that
1: that seems like something that comes <laughs> down from ownership.
0: Don't embarrass us in front of our fans.
1: Right. No, no. But that's something you're telling them because you don't want that done to you. So because if you're a team that runs up the score on people in their ballparks, then people are going to do that to you. And being a team that gets a run up on in your own ballpark is not good.
0: And so how, how do you feel about that? I mean,
1: eh, it's it's something that I don't think really exists anymore. So it's not something I feel particularly passionate about. I think teams generally they back off on the gas not because, like, oh, any kind of, you know, it's the unwritten rule and just because, like, well, we're up 12 and they're not going to score 12 to, you know, catch up. So let's arrest our guys and not throw anybody
0: important. Uh, you know, you remember the in Little League they have the rule where if you're up by 10 runs, it's, it's a run rule. We don't need run rules no, in the major and, leagues. And you
1: had that in Little League because, you know, you actually would hurt some of those kids' feelings. These are professional ballplayers. They can handle being down 10 runs.
0: And I think they even had run rules in the World Baseball Classic, like in the early right, rounds. that's to
1: protect – that's right. both to protect – that's more to protect international so, fans and so that you – and to protect the sanctity of sort of the tournament because it doesn't look good if there's some game where like the U.S. 29
0: to 1. Right. Be,
1: be, the U.S. beats some team that doesn't really play baseball by some obscene
0: margin. So um, it's uh, after – and uh, here's another one. After a pitcher has given up back-to-back home runs – don't swing at the first pitch.
1: That I don't think exists anymore. <laughs> like, like, what? So
0: Right, right. That doesn't exist anymore. Because that, that goes back to showing up the as if it's in some way of showing up the opponent. R- uh, right, right. If he's giving up
1: back-to-back first, if he's picking up back-to-back homes, you better be swinging at that first pitch if it's in there.
0: It'd be like if a hockey player was out there, right, and he scores two goals. Uh, don't you know, shoot. Like, like, miss the net on your next shot, you know, don't shoot don't, on the don't goalie. Don't show the goalie up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think that has but much. But then,
1: uh, if you notice that if you look at a lot of those rules, they all sort of come from the same idea of not show up your opponent and i i think that one that's not nearly as much of a concern these days i i think there was a lot the idea that baseball is a game is looked at differently we get that it's a game now we get that in the grand scheme of things it's not that important nobody's honor is being besmirched. what are you saying? Nobody's, you know, you know, livelihood is being, you know, ruined or endangered because the Mets got beaten by the Phillies by 10 runs on a Tuesday
0: afternoon. That reminds me of um, back in the 80s when Boris Becker was winning grand slams in tennis. I guess he got upset in the first round of some tournament. Mm -hmm. And so he gets to the he's always a pretty good quote, even though he's a weird dude. And he says, you know, I lost a tennis match. Nobody died. Right, no one's gonna you know go into the you know, to, to 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 cry about this. I said just let it, let it go. It, it's really not that important. It's just a tennis match. And at that time, it was like, how can you say something right, like right, that? Whereas yeah. I
1: think you know, Diana Yana said something similar to that after they fell, right. out, they got knocked out of the playoffs last season. I, like, I have
0: other things in my life other than right, like, it, like
1: like I'm not that worried that like I didn't win the championship. It this
0: Should year. mean everything. You should bleed for it. You yeah. know,
1: no, no, it's fine. So I I think that that's where a lot of that comes from. Whereas, you know, you have the the flip side of that rule where don't show up your
0: fielders, which is a bit of a (laughs) pitcher-specific... This is something you would know very well. Right, because I was not (laughs) good at it. You were not... No, this was one... I I remember when you were pitching all that kind of stuff, and you pitched one game, and you pitched a great game, and it was, like, near the end of the game, and one of your fielders made an error, and the visible displeasure that you showed in that thing it was like, oh man, that's not and you know, you're a kid, you're in high school, you're upset, you know. Right. right? And I was like, but that is an unwritten rule in baseball that, you know, the, the guy drops them and, and pitchers do it today. They still do it today, right? Nothing because like that it, you know, somebody makes an error and Garrett Cole's on the mound. I'm looking at him going, he he's not very happy, right? right. And now. there's sometimes <laughs> Rolling there's his some eyes. you
1: understand. <laughs> There and also the difference is you know like the errors in the major leagues like you don't have errors like you do in high school baseball in the major true leagues. that like I don't watch a fly ball hit directly at somebody <laughs> in the major leagues just somehow not get caught. <laughs>
0: So uh, I, I guess um, we were talking about throwing at hitters, um, and and we talked we talked with Mark Stevens, the author of uh, Fireballer, and one of the premises in his in his great book was, you know, that he's a big believer and, that you don't and, throw. And, at, and something at, at we've at talked about out. is
1: eventually we're afraid that somebody is going to get hit with a pitch and unfortunately die from it, and that's why we're so against throwing at hitters as a conventional retaliation because it puts everybody involved in a bad situation. And I get that. It's frustrating that as a team, you can feel like there's no way for us to strike back at a perceived injustice in a game. But like, we really have to ask ourselves, why do we need to strike back at a perceived injustice in a game?
0: And, and, you know, with guys, as we, as we talked about with Mark, you know, his, his, um, hypothetical pitcher, his character threw 110 miles an hour. So getting hit with a 110-mile-an-hour pitch, that, that has the potential to be deadly. Well, I,
1: I always think back. it. We, we talked about it on that podcast. Well, Noah Syndergaard threw behind the Dodgers guys after that because he didn't want to hit somebody because he knew if he did, he'd be suspended for so long because he throws so
0: hard. And just imagine if you're, you're in a game and you're pitching and you've got, I don't know, a no-hitter and it's right. the seventh inning and they hit one of your guys and if he gets a no-hitter, injured. you're okay. Okay, so you got to go out there and go like, okay, do I have to throw at this guy to make, you know, no... no if I have a no-hitter, I'm okay. But if I had a one-hitter, I should hit him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it depends if it's close and where it isn't in the season. If you're only up one nothing and it's like the eighth inning, your team's probably going to understand if you don't put the first guy on in a given inning. But if it's 7 nothing and he's up third in the inning and there's two outs, they're probably going to expect you to hit him, and that's the problem.
0: Yeah, um, and and this is one that uh, Anthony talked about. Pitchers relieved mid inning must stay in the dugout until the end of the inning. That's old, right? That's, that, I don't that, think that, that, that happens. That's
1: a very old school way of looking at it. I understand the thought process of it because it kind of comes from the idea that you're not supposed to be a like. Going, it's not about you. It's not about you going into the dugout before the end of the inning after you're being after you've been relieved one. I think that rule came from a time where it was much more unusual
0: for guys to get relieved for. And to leave the, the dugout. It's not like they had a, a big clubhouse to go to.
1: Right. <laughs> Nowadays, if you have a guy, guys get pulled all the time. So it's not going to be nearly as weird. And a lot of guys will leave the dugout for a few minutes to go put their, get their wrap on and get, you know,
0: finished for the game. Sometimes they might take a bat to the water cooler or something like that, just to show how upset they are about how it went. That, 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 that display of emotion. Right. But, the, but, like, but now then now going go. back
1: to the dugout is much more about them getting treatment you know, fixed up before the end of the game than, you know,
0: showing their displeasure at being taken out. Uh, and he's another old school one, right? Don't step on the pitcher's mound if you're the opposing well, player. Uh, like, uh, so you no, no, it- no.
1: Don't step on your mound if you're anybody. Stay <laughs> the frick away from my mound. Like, why are you stepping on it? I just got it the way I like it. It doesn't help that the other bozo on the other team is. Messing it up with every pitch he throws. So you,
0: you you ground out the shortstop, you run down the first, you make your circle. Okay, you you're in the third base dugout. You kind of run back to the other dugout and you run over the back of the pitcher's what, mound. Could you imagine? I mean, uh, one,
1: I'm on the ma- so it's one. It's just weird in general because the only time you can kind of do that if it's if it's the last out of an inning. Because if you crossed over the mound, Well, the pitcher's already gone though. Well, what I'm saying is if if there's less than that, if I'm Fine. still on the mound and you crossed over the mound, that's just weird at that
0: point because you'd have to go out of your way. To go over the mound, I feel like. And and how about don't walk in front of the catcher? Like, uh, like what, 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 <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, like you walk behind the catcher from the on deck. So don't walk in front of. Him yeah, no, you nobody's away, respected like, that anymore. Uh, like who's even talking you know, doing that? That uh, the the jinx of talking about a no hitter. I think that's that's not just by that's the not an unwritten
1: rule. That's just a that's just a
0: superstition. Superstition, right? It's not right. really an unwritten rule, and 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 it, but it used to be much more held that. Well,
1: that, that there is an unwritten rule in regards to no hitters, and that's you don't break up a no hitter with a butt. Yes, so I think that that's like you don't t- t- not talking about a no hitter progress is more of just trying to respect the jinx because you don't want to be the guy that said, "Wow, you've got a no hitter through seven innings," and then he immediately gives one up the next inning. That's just about covering your own
0: ass. We did our deep dive on the Yankees uh, in, in the previous episode, and what I didn't mention in that was during Don Larson's no uh, perfect game mm-hmm. in 1956. Uh, apparently, after each inning. He- he sat on one end of the of the bench, and Yogi Berra sat at the other end. They never talked to each other the entire game, until that sounds that, 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 until, that, until, the, until the game was over, and Yogi jumped into you see, that, his seat. That, that, that sounds so like think, he didn't no, no this Yankee is romanticism. Yogi, Yogi basically said, "I didn't want to mess with anything. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to give me any encouragement. I didn't want to give him anything. He was just pitching, and I was just catching, basically. And I just didn't want to jinx it at yeah, all by yeah, having yeah, that conversation. Yeah. You know, you're not buying that. I'm not buying it." <laughs> So, um, and and how about um, here's one that used to talk about this. Tim McCarver, when he was um, doing his great uh, uh, color announcing for the Mets and other teams, you know, you never make the first out or the third out at third base.
1: Well, I think that's less of an unwritten rule and more of a strategy thing. Like, 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 I I feel like unwritten rules are more about the the, the comport of the game than the actual strategy of it. Because I can understand the rationale because. Making the first or the third out at third base, either one of those is implying that you could, assuming you could have stayed at second base right, safely, right. that you're able to score safely. But if you make the second out at third, well, okay, I can understand that because getting to third with one out allows you to score on a sack fly. So I could at least, I think those are less unwritten rules and more just, you know, trying to come up with good
0: strategy for the game. And That goes alongside, which wasn't one that Anthony uh, Castrovince wrote about, which is don't Um, ever get thrown out stealing third. Like if you steal third, you have to make it. That doesn't make any and, and sense. By Ricky Henderson, by the way, stole third like a million I think times. Should steal third it was, base it was more easier often. Easier to steal third a lot of times, particularly when you the pitcher's back is to you, right? And it, can't even see how far nearly. your lead is.
1: Well, there's a couple things that make stealing third way easier. One, the guy, the fielder can't as easily just stand on second base like the first baseman can sit on first base. So it's much easier to get a big jump and steal cleanly. And if you're able to get good jumps off of second base and steal cleanly, I think getting to third is so much more
0: important than getting to second. I, I said, like I said, Ricky made a, made an art of that, and, and doing it with a right-handed batter at the plate, as opposed to stealing second. We That's actually- an
1: awkward throw. To the, I think people do not appreciate how awkward of a throw is for the catcher to make, because for a right-handed catcher, it's not like throwing behind a left-handed hitter to go to first base, right. where wow. your arm is naturally already behind him. You have to throw across your body to get the ball around the right-handed batter, but not throw it too much across your body to the left-hand side because the fielder still has to catch the ball and bring it to the other side of the bag. So it is not an easy throw to make. You would much the easier throw would be to get behind the right-handed batter and throw up the line like that. But that's not easy to do on a snap throw.
0: And and I remember when you were playing uh, youth baseball, you had a coach and and he was really good at teaching you guys pickoff plays. And you were, I don't know, 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me he had like 16 different plays. And and of course, trying to pick off kids is a lot easier because they they're, you know, they're not as savvy or whatnot. You can trick them pretty easily. But you can fool kids with motion. Like getting – a
1: fielder goes one way, a fielder goes a different way, and you get the kid leaning on timing. And it's much easier to
0: catch kids leaning the wrong way. Um, and then there was the don't use your closer in a tie game on the road. Well, that's gone. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think because – Right, right now the closer pitch is not even necessarily at the end of the game. He might pitch in the sometimes, and even the seventh inning, much less the eighth inning, depending on situationally. Right, right. That, that, that is so a rule I, I think, that has been thoroughly obliterated. Right, and, and the, the, there was a there was a period of time though that the closer was this sacrosanct, you know, per, which is a weird thing. What it,
1: like it, it went from a thing that didn't exist to this thing where you never use the closer. Only pitch
0: the one inning. I right. guess Josh Hader is going to do that this year and do the be the one inning where closer. they say that right now. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think you can't do that, and um, and uh, and don't be like a rod as they as they said don't um yell anything when opposing fielder is trying to catch the ball right that i feel like
1: i'm okay with that unwritten yeah like there's something it's just like that i got it to me (laughs) unwritten rules should be about protecting against bush league behavior like to me yelling something at an opposing fielder when he's trying to catch the ball is bush league Like, you just don't do it. Like, the same way, like, even, like, a fan base that was yelling, I got it, would be looked at badly.
0: So that's better than the hidden ball trick. Uh, I mean, worse than the hidden ball trick. The hidden ball trick is okay. The hidden ball
1: trick is okay, I feel like, because the hidden ball trick requires such a level of setup that it's virtually impossible for any major league player to ever actually be picked off on it. Because the thing that, just for everybody, that if you've watched the baseball movies where they – love the hidden ball trick that is like their favorite thing the thing that you see in all those hidden ball tricks that isn't realistic is not only is the pitcher on the mound he's like usually engaged with the rubber if he doesn't have possession of the ball he's literally not even allowed to to be be on on the the mound so it is all it is impossible for it to work because any every batter has been basically trained to once the pitcher is on the mound then you can step away so you would have to get a guy that somehow forgets that that while the pitcher walks and disengages from the mound completely and then
0: wanders. It's just never going to happen. I don't know when the last hidden ball trick worked in the major leagues, actually. I have to look that up because it's, I, it's be happened. The, you think? I don't I think it might be more recent than that. You know, guys, so, uh, can, guys can get fooled. Now, yeah, now I got to see. Here's, here's another one, then, while you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. So um, the center fielder. Should go for any ball he can get to, right? So your center field is your best outfielder, and that the other guys are supposed to stand there. Like if it's, if it's, if he's running into left center field all the way toward like, he can get it, the left fielder's supposed to yield,
1: right? Again, to me, that feels a little bit more like, um, it's the the, the the don't make the first out and the third out at yeah. third base. That doesn't that seems more like gameplay relate game related then.
0: I think it depends on who your left fielder and your right fielder right. is. If it's Jose Conseco, you definitely want your center fielder catching the ball and probably Jose staying away from him as much as he can. So you know I think that plays um uh, plays a big part of it. Um and his the last one that Anthony wrote, which was um, for adult fans. If you catch a foul ball, give it to a nearby kid. Not a hidden
1: – that's not a hidden rule. That just just be a rule. Uh, be, unwritten be,
0: rule, right. That, that should be being not, a decent human. Just be
1: a decent human. <laughs> give the ball to the kid. That looks like the last one was in 2013.
0: I, I'm I'm surprised it was even that long ago. But That's probably more recent than you thought.
1: Right. There's two – there were three in – 20. there were a couple attempts in 2013. The Rockies and Tampa tried it. Got it. And then the Padres attempted it. Then in 2000
0: – Wasn't Todd Hilton involved in that play? I think yes, has, he was. Yeah, I think I have I have some uh, some recollection of that. And he did like a like a he, fake he throw. Fi- he, he faked, faked through through it. To the pitcher, and then the, 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 the,
1: the and he got him as he was getting and, and, up from and, the base. Right, right.
0: He got, he didn't see it, you know, the fake throw. So he just assumed the ball went back to the pitcher, and he was on the ground, which is
1: not what people <laughs> traditionally think of as the hidden ball trick. The hidden ball trick is about getting the guy to like walk off the bat completely because the pitchers they've completely fooled him into thinking the guy's getting ready to throw the next pitch.
0: Do you think when when Helton did that, like you know, he fakes the throw and. And then the pitcher's got to go in his glove like that so that the ball sounds like the ball went to his glove so even you know like, like from an oral standpoint he well, kind of heard right, it
1: right, right. well now I'm just sort of imagining like we had I mean my, this is where my mind goes just uh, talking about that because that feels really Looney tunes is like when are we going to get like a space jam for, for baseball where we could have Bugs Bunny throwing the pitches and stuff because those old Bugs Bunny cartoons were great for baseball and I'm sure they could do something very clever for that nowadays and all of his stuff would be very against both the written
0: and unwritten rules of baseball and, and, and politically incorrect you oh man <laughs> Bugs Bunny was the, the epitome of political incorrectness uh, at the time. So um, I, I think um, you know, the stealing of the signs thing is something that maybe we should do another podcast on and, and more But uh, uh, What else depth. is
1: there to talk about with that? We've talked about it multiple times.
0: Well, I think it's, it, it's just a question of how all the incidences over the years and how they impacted actual or might have impacted because you don't really know for sure –
1: I don't know. I feel like I'm ready to put the science ceiling thing to bed. I'm just done talking about it. And with the new rules to put into place, not the
0: unwritten runs, I don't think we're going to be stealing any more signs. I, actually, I think the pitch clock uh, probably affects that. It's a really interesting thing to think about, right? That you know it's going to be that much harder to do it, and then this year we've even got less time with runners on base, uh, with eighteen seconds instead of twenty this right. year. And with an eight-second delay, you're not ever relaying that info. I can't really understand. Like, what, what was two seconds with guys on base going to do? And that we like, like, we I had have, to add on to that and do, and do like like oh, it was so good. Let's take more. Like those, those extra two seconds are really going to mean something at the end of the season. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know, uh, I guess uh, we'll just talk about you know, other things other than sign stealing, uh, but there's gonna probably be some other unwritten roles that you know'll we'll dispel in, in the coming seasons.
1: Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter, almost cool.